Welcome everyone to 1111 Calling. I'm your host, Michelle Haynes. Today I have with us a good friend of mine, Rachel Bennett. Rachel is a full-time mom, a wife, a manager, a health coach, and a blogger. In the midst of what some would call chaos, she's found a way to thrive and show up for all of this while also getting into the best health of her life. With non-negotiable goals and a fierce determination, she continues to achieve new goals as an unapologetic, annoying, healthy person. Welcome, Sin. Do you care if I call you Sin? You can call me whatever you want to, babe. We've known each other for so long. Let's just, okay. whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with sin. with sin. It rolls off my tongue because that's how I Oh, you, you Lois at home. So <laughs> like when I talked to Chris, my husband, I'm like, yeah. So I was talking to Lois and he was like, Lois, Michelle. I'm like, just call her Lois. That's what we do. <laughs> so uh, Sin and I did roller derby years ago for the Denver Roller Dolls, which that was a hoot and it was a. Yeah, you oh. and your razor hips hitting me. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> you know, fun. Who was the worst was Primal Rage. Primal was but Sissy Ringshaw Oof. was like she could yeah. scoop you. Disco. She could scoop you. Yeah, disco too. We had some we had some fun times. We did have we had some, some fun, fun times. times. I'm like half the woman I was back in those days too. I don't know how I could hang taking those you're days. half and I think I doubled. <laughs> I was in good shape back then. I know a lot has happened between then and now. Mm-hmm. A lot well, of life. Yeah. A lot of a lot of cool things, a lot of challenging things. And, you know, I'm so inspired by you and your journey that I just see little glimpses of on social media now that we live in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get to see you on social media and I'm just always thinking, wow, look at her, man. She is rocking it in so many different ways. And I just, I want to share your story because it's so inspiring. And I just want more and more people to hear and, and see what you're up to. And um, yeah, so, you know, a little bit about yourself, maybe uh, I always think when, when you're at this point in your life and you kind of got some awesome stuff going on, people just think you've always been you know, in this space, we've all had our ups and downs. So just a a quick, you know, let's catch people up. How how did you get to this point? Tell us a little bit about how you grew up and your young adulthood and some of your challenges and how you got through them. Yeah. So, uh, well, first I want to say, you know, a lot of what we see on social media is definitely curated, right? Um, And one of the things that I've always strived to do was to be authentic, just as authentic in social media and that presence as I am, you know, in my face-to-face with even my closest people. And that's really been a big journey for me to become my authentic self. And so um, I grew up, well, I grew up everywhere, but I was born in Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, which is where the accent comes from. And I was what we call an oil brat. So my dad worked in the um, oil and gas industry and we traveled a lot. So I've lived in all over the Gulf Coast, Louisiana, ended up down here in Houston, which is where I am now, um, down here in Houston. And that's where I really, you know, kind of came into my formative years. Um, that's where I went to middle school is where I graduated high school. And then, um, I went back to Mississippi for college by way of Memphis. I mean, I've moved a lot and, um, you know, growing up in 
a Southern house, a very Southern <laughs> um, environment um, in the Bible Belt, you know, there was just a lot of rules. Yeah. Um, and you knew me in my late 20s and 30s where, in, and if you know me now, I'm not really big on rules. I like guidelines. Mm-hmm. I like boundaries, but I don't like rules. And um, I Same. have a feeling, yeah, that that came a lot from, you know, you have to be this way. You have to look this way. You have to speak this way. You have to dress this way. And I went, no, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not what I want to do. You I know? grew up in a, a pretty regimented Catholic household, 12 years in Catholic school and knew in my gut or like my inner knowing very early on, this doesn't resonate for me. This is not what I believe. I didn't know what I could, you know, believed. And in my Mm -hmm. little second grade mind couldn't verbalize it that way, but I knew intuitively this, this for me doesn't make sense. And I questioned everything and I pushed back on everything you know maybe I'll have my mom on here someday and she can tell you all about it <laughs> so I, I can that relate to what awesome. you're saying yeah so um you know there was just a lot of rules and it's not just from the family it was just from the culture mm-hmm. itself you know you had to look a certain way you had to be a certain way and um we had a family that our lives revolved around fellowship and food And, um, you know, and I grew up where my mom didn't really fit the mold either. Now, let me tell you, my mother idolized her. She was probably the biggest influence on me and how I treat people and Mm -hmm. how my relationships are. Um, But she was also a big influence on me on how I love And one of the ways that she loved was she loved to cook for people. She loved to entertain Mm -hmm. people. She loved to have people in her home. Well, growing up that way with, um, you know, peace, love and our love, peace and chicken grease is just kind of how (laughs) we said it, right? Um, You know, none of it was really healthy, but it was all really yummy and it was all made with love. And as we say down here, she kind of put her foot in it. You know, Uh it was good. It was really good. And so that's how I learned. And I learned to love that way and including myself, you know, so that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, went off to college, um, flunked out of college, no came way. back home. Oh gosh. Yes, girl. I would have never guessed that. So, um, and I won't, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to do the blame game situation right. on that because I'm, I'm above that these days, Good. but I was told that I had to do certain things and I had mm-hmm. to major in certain things that I had absolutely no interest in. And so what do you do as a late teen who has no interest in something? Sabotage. Yeah. So I ended up coming home and then went to the school of hard knocks for a really long time. And All right. uh, yeah, that's just kind of, that's. <laughs> unapologetically me yes perfect I love that yes and you know I love um I wish I could have met your mom because I show love through cooking I love cooking for people if someone Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood had surgery or lost a loved one I am there with like meals and you know just like down for the food train that's how I and food cooked with love I believe um you know, it just tastes better. And then the memories associated with it, like that food and fellowship. So there's so Mm -hmm. much around food in our culture. 
And unfortunately, like you said, I mean, I love Southern food. I really do, but I know it's not healthy, a lot of it, but what's exciting is I think that that whole paradigm is shifting, that we are still able to celebrate our gatherings and delicious food cooked with love in a healthier way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like that frittata thing you made the other day. Oh my God. It was so good. I made it twice. Yeah. I mean, there's, nothing missing there it's delicious you know Mm -hmm. and and I heard something about a buffalo chicken jalapeno there's a buffalo (laughs) chicken jalapeno thingy that I haven't made yet but I'm making it tomorrow and um I'm ready but it's like it's chock full of protein and it's chock Mm -hmm. full of vegetables and it's doesn't have a lot of fat in it and it's not chock full of carbs and things that you know and sugars and additives and those things that are just um they don't really serve your goals. If you're, Uh -uh. you know, if you're working on your health or you're eating healthfully, it doesn't serve that. So, you know, there's, you can be healthy without making your tongue a martyr. (laughs) Right. Or or feeling hungry. Yes. You know, I learned that doing the whole 30. I was never hungry, but I, I, I didn't feel like that miserable full either, you know, Um, so it's awesome and you can still have that food and it's chock full of love too, you know, actually even more so if you really think about it. Well, because Because it's like, I love you enough Mm -hmm. to make sure that what I am giving you is the right thing for you. Not just something that feeds the tongue, not something that just creates a memory, but that feeds you body and soul. And, you know, I think that there's, and that's something that I'm starting to really get into now because, you know, growing up how I grew up, we were a large family, not by numbers, (laughs) by by individual sizes. We were large. Um, And so we lived in a yo-yo diet situation. You know, my mother was always told um, by her doctors, you need to lose some weight. And so, you know, there would be whatever weight loss program was on the shelf at that time is what they would be recommended. And you could just go down the list. Right. Um, and so I, that was modeled for me is that you could do whatever you wanted to, but then whenever push comes to shove, you go diet and you go lose a little bit of weight. And then, um, you know, when you, whatever, and then something happens and then you just go back to doing whatever you want to. And then, Oh my gosh, I got to lose the weight and then go on another diet. And so this yo-yo thing, happened. I gained and lost 20 pounds. I can't even tell you how many times over 30 years. That's crazy. And that's not easy or quick to lose 20 pounds on some of the old ways, like Dexatrim. What in the hell was that? I don't even know what that was. That was one (laughs) of the things I was always afraid of doing though, was putting, putting pills in my body. Yeah. Yeah. But but, yeah. Right. But you know, if it was a supplement, sure. I would try it. Um, if it was something restrictive, oh yeah, I can do that. I can just take out everything but grapefruit and I can eat that. I was <laughs> just know? thinking about that. Like what? Okay. I mean, um, it, it's just soup diets, liquid diets, fasting, restrictive yeah. stuff. And it's just like, and you know, I honestly, personally, because I am not a medical professional whatsoever, Um, I don't know what that physically does to your body, but I know what it does to your mind. Yeah. 
you know, you constantly live in a fear of failure because you're continually failing at what it is that you want to do day after day after day. And it really does take a toll on you. So not only are you told that you're the wrong size, but you're failing at, you know, whatever it is that you're wanting to do. What an awful, awful setup for just a massive mind fuck. You know, it really is. It, it totally is. And it's something that's within our control to control. But a lot of us, I mean, me personally, I didn't know how I had no idea. And I didn't know what depth of it that it, that it had actually reached for me. So how did you go from yo-yo dieting, like such that like self-defeating setup to where you're, you really figured out you got to change your mindset and your whole lifestyle. Like what was it that finally made that shift? It was when my mom was struggling with cancer and then ultimately passed away. Um, yeah. So let me lead up to this. So at this point, I was about 230 pounds. I was um, happy, happy big girl (laughs) who was all about, I'm just going to love myself and love my people and just be happy with where I am because um, I'm tired of struggling with it and I'm tired of the failure. And so I focused a lot on my career and I focused a lot in on my family. My mom had had um, gastric bypass surgery. And yes, that's a solution for some people. That's okay. It's very dramatic. But for my mom, that was kind of the last, the last ditch effort for her. And so a year after that, she had lost a lot of weight and she was doing great and she was moving better. She was traveling better. She was so happy that she could sit in an airline seat and not spill over the sides or need an extender. And this was for the first time ever. Wow. And so she had made all that progress and was really proud of herself. And then a year later, she was diagnosed with cancer and it was immediate stage four. And um, so it was radiation and um, chemo and all of that. And I just watched her waste away because she couldn't physically get the nutrition in that she needed to keep herself strong. And yeah, and it was really hard to watch. Um, I had just moved back down to Houston like a month before she was diagnosed. So believe me, if you don't think your steps are ordered, I just evaluate how you believe. I just think that things don't happen by chance. They're by design. Um, So we were here for that. And I remember just having a really incredibly stressful day. I had already started working with a girlfriend of mine who was a trainer and was just like, I need to do something. And I, you know, it's like, I need to start looking after my health. And so I started working out. I started on that journey and I started Um, on a nutrition plan. And this was the first time that I'd actually really realized I was on a nutrition plan and not on a diet. I was fueling for what I was doing, Um, but I didn't really fully understand it. Right. I was just like, I'm just following her because she knows what she's doing. Did you think that it was going to be permanent or did you think it was just a, another temporary plan until you got a little bit better or a lot better? I didn't know because At this point, I had lost my ability to really be able to envision what I would be beyond the next week, the next month. 
um, I had no idea what I wanted to do or be. I had no idea. I just knew that I wanted to be happy. And I, every time I looked in the mirror, I, there was a struggle there. Um, and even because I decided that I wanted to be that happy big girl, I, you know, I was never happy until I put my full outfit on <laughs> my yeah. armor, as I called it, you know, yeah. it's like, let me put my clothes on because they're pretty. Let me put my makeup on because it's pretty. Let me get my hair done. Right. Because my nails, it was all about the dressing, the window dressing. It had nothing to do with the bones of it. And, um, I remember after I was having a really stressful day at work and I went to go work out and I came back and, um, my, I think my husband had just picked up my son from daycare and brought him into the house. And I looked at my husband and I think Oren was maybe, maybe two, maybe just about to turn three. I can't remember, but I remember saying this, that I have to make a change. And I have to take my health back because I'm not going to go out like that. Yeah. I want to be here on this planet as long as I possibly can for my family. And in order for me to do that, I have to take care of my body and get better. Yeah. And that's what started it. That was just the, the start. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's one of those, you know, you have them in life where just something shifts a light bulb goes off, mm -hmm. you know, you, you just, it's a different feeling where, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. This is different. Something's mm -hmm. going to be different. And I have to say with having kids in your life, that accountability, not just to be there for them, mm -hmm. but they're learning from you yeah. all the time. And sometimes you're like, shit, you know, you well, know they're right. watching. Well, they are you're watching modeling for them, mm -hmm. you know, and just like my mom did for me. Right. You right. know, when I, that was whenever I was having these discussions with, you know, my close circle, because I think everybody needs to have that close circle and tribe mm -hmm. or your, you know, your mental health just goes a little bit awry. Um, but I was speaking to some folks in my close circle and yeah, was one of them. Um, another, you know, roller yeah. derby girls stick together. We just, we don't ever leave. Um, <laughs> but um, I just remember saying like, I want to take all of the things that I loved about my relationship with mom, with my mom. Mm -hmm. And then I want to take that. And then all of the things that I wish I'd had, I want to be able to provide that for my kid and model that for him. And if that, and, it, and I just, I didn't know how to do that. I just, I didn't, mm -hmm. um, you know, went back to therapy and I think therapy is an incredibly healthy thing for, for people to do. 100%. I don't think enough people take advantage of this, but, um, and I'm blessed with the company that I work for that we have incredible mental health benefits. And so That's I've awesome. taken advantage of it multiple times. And I went through grief counseling and this was one of the things that we talked about in grief counseling was, you know, the role that I was playing in my family, you know, not just with my immediate family, it was like with my, my whole family and how I felt like this pressure to be my mom. Mm. And you can't you know, ever live up and be somebody. No, else, you can't. Right? You absolutely can't. And we it's are, like, it <laughs> yeah, we're all put here to be like you said, unapologetically yourself, unapologetically like we, we all have something to offer and you can't do that when you're trying to imitate somebody else. And it's almost like 
another set of armor, right? You'll mm-hmm. be good enough if you can be like your mom in these ways. Mm-hmm. That's still well, not you. And I think the perception was that I felt like other people were putting that role on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just remember even saying that I felt like I was being made the matriarch of the family, just like my mom. And, and then it was like, I got to take care with that because then I start losing myself. And then yeah. I just, you know, that's just not a good cycle to be on. But then I was just trying to figure out, well, how do I do this mm-hmm. for me? And it took me a few more years to finally get to a breaking point in all of this discovery, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever, and I remember exactly when it happened, I was, um, I was at church and I was walking from one building to another. And I just immediately in my mind, I said, when do I get to take care of me? Yeah. And I I think a lot of women, I struggle with that. Like, how do you do that and have your career and be a good mom and be a good wife and be a good friend? I mean, it goes on and on. When so how you, did you figure that out? Well, what I realized is that I was, everybody else in my life was becoming a priority. And when I say everyone, I mean, even my boss, I mean, it was like ev- the person next to me that I didn't even know was more of a priority to me than me. And then it was like this light bulb that said, Rachel, there is nothing wrong with you putting yourself as a priority. Now, Whenever I'm living here and I got everybody else right here, I'm not talking about putting me here. Mm -hmm. I just want to bring myself up to be even with everybody else. And this, and it be, and from that point on, it started to become a mantra for me that I am just as much of a priority to me than everybody else, which means everything from it's okay that I make a decision to feed my body what it needs for what I needed to do all the way to, I need some peace and quiet for five minutes so that I can clear my mind. Now, let me tell you, this whole pandemic has really taught me that is that girl, y'all in this house all the time, all day, every day. And I've been working from home for years. So this was nothing new to me. The coming home was nothing new to me. But the being around people all the time yeah, was new to me. And it was just, you know, I need to carve that time out. And my office has become that. I have like a little chair yeah. over here that's nice and comfy. I move by the window and I hang out. I'm like, I'm just going to hang out here and just be quiet. So yes, I am slowly creating my space. So I can relate to that 100%. Yeah. Speaking of my space, I have like, it's a multi-purpose space. It's like my gym is in my home gym is in here. <laughs> my meditation space. It's my art studio because that's another one of my things that Ooh. I do for therapy is I paint. Awesome. Um, but then it's also my office office. And, you know, then I've, you know, cause I, I am a manager during the day and then I have this wonderful side gig of health coaching now. Yeah. I want to hear about the life coaching. So it's not life coaching, it's health oh, coaching, health but coaching. Um, you know, it's, there's a, it's funny because I've had some people that I've known that have put that moniker on themselves that they're life coaches. And I'm like, what kind of life do you have a specific kind of life that you're coaching? Do you (laughs) have a a full life? I've got a full life. Can you take some of my full life? Anyway, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, go down that whole path, but 
Um, but yeah, so I health coach. Um, so let me go back and I'll talk about how I found okay. this. You so, were having the epiphany walking from one Yeah, I was to having the, the epiphany. I was doing all this stuff, but I was in the middle. I had just started on, um, a, it's really more of a personal development program. Um, I was still kind of doing this yo-yo diet thing. Like I was working out really hard. I wasn't, I hadn't really found what it was. I just didn't know, you know, and I didn't even know what I didn't know about how to get healthy. I just knew I wanted it. And I had a girlfriend of mine who I hadn't seen in like five months and I ran into her and um, she was literally like half the woman that she was, you know, five months before. I said, girl, what are you doing? Do you get a tapeworm or something? And she said, well, I'm working with a health coach and this program really, really works if that's what you want to do, if you want to lose some weight. And so I called her coach and then I did what any normal person would do. I didn't get jump on immediately. I watched my friend to make sure she didn't gain all her weight back for about eight months. I stalked her all over her Facebook. She didn't have Instagram then, but it was like all over her Facebook. Every time I'd see her, I'm like, how's it going? She's like, I'm just maintaining. It's great. I'm loving life. You know, you're just waiting for it to, to be like, there it is. I knew there it is. Right. Like, like the bubble popped, you know, and she's like, she's like, I've been in maintenance for six months and I haven't gained anything back. She's like, actually I've lost two pounds. I'm like, holy moly. Like Mm -hmm. how did that's, that was foreign to me. And so I ended up calling her coach back and I said, sign me up. So um, in the first, from that August of 2018 until that November, I had lost 45 pounds. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, holy moly, now I need to get a whole new closet. Yeah. You Not know, tough. I mean, because I went from a size 18, 20 at that point, I was still like between 16 and 20. That's uh-huh. yo-yoing. Um, and went down to a size eight. Wow. And I was like, this is wild. And I maintained that for two years. And this last year, I just decided like, you know what? I'm really not at that healthy weight that my doctor wants me to be at, you know, that Mm -hmm. dreaded BMI. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. a whole discussion that I could pontificate about like forever talking about BMI. Um, But anyway, it's a measurement. We're just going to call it that, right? We can't judge it because it's a measurement. Yes. It's not a person. It doesn't have morality. Um, (laughs) So, um, but I said, you know what? I want to get there. I just want to, I want to be like healthy on paper, like medical paper. And so I, um, I tweaked how I was eating. I went back on the weight loss portion of the program. I lost another 20 pounds and boom, I was there. This was last thing. This was last summer, right? Whenever the pandemic started, I was losing 20 pounds and everybody else was gaining 20 pounds. And I was like, holy moly, I felt like a rock star. Then I started coaching. That's when I started coaching. So were you between the two big weight losses, right? Were you Mm -hmm. continuously working with that coach and kind of following a program or was it? Okay. So it's the same program. It's the same program, just tweaked. And really coaching is really just guiding on the program, making sure that you've got the right information. Um, It was just more like, it's just a program guide. Like mentoring in a sense. Yeah. In a sense. Um, Part of what we have is just this amazing transformation information 
that if you follow it, if you dive into it, it hits on all aspects of health. And that's where it was the game changer for me. So um, when, when you say all aspects of health, what does that mean? Body, mind, yeah. diving into really understanding why you want to get healthy. What is that tether that's going to keep you heading towards your goal, really having your why. And honestly, my why was exactly what I said that day in the living room to my husband and my kid Yeah, is I'm not going out like that. And then later on, when I learned how to dream, it was, I just want to live a very long life without pain. Yeah. Because what you see all around you, especially as we get older, right? We're in our Mm forties and we're looking around the corner and it's just like, you know, how are we going to live? Are we going to have creaky joints or are we going to be sexy grandmas? I kind of want to be a sexy grandma. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's, that, that would be amazing. And so my mother-in-law is an incredible model for that because she's a very healthy woman. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can be in my seventies and be that active. Yeah. Like be I can be in my eighties. I can be, I mean, let's talk about RBG. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, strength training up until the very end. I'm like, you go woman. I want to be like that. Yeah. You know? And so that, you know, really looking at why it is that you need to make a change. What are the mechanics of how to create healthy habits so that once you get where you want to go, you can stay there because you have the healthy habits. Now you have literally transformed your life. It touches everything from hydration, sleep, surroundings, food addiction, creating your, um, controlling your emotions. That's been the big one for me Mm -hmm. is having the power to control your emotions, understanding that circumstances are just circumstances. They're not the bosses of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, I've, I've always suffered from anxiety and that just stems from a lot of things throughout my right. life, that failure, that fear of failure, that constantly not making the right choices all the way through, you know, just lots of life things that yeah. create all of this anxiety. And then it's just like that creep into you. Right. And so you go through these ups and downs emotionally and you start blaming yourself and you start blaming certain things. And then there's a point where you've just got to stop the blame game and really understand you can only control what you can control. Yeah. And outside of that, those are just external factors that are just noise. Yeah. You know, and it's your choice, how you deal with that. You become the dominant force in your life. Nice. So, and that is what really attracted me to this program was that I, going back to that prioritization, that I am just as much of a priority as everything else in my life, because people rely on me. So if I don't take care of myself, then I'm not being a good steward of this body for what it's supposed to do. But then also becoming the dominant force of that, that's incredibly empowering. And it's not just about health. It bleeds into everything else. Yes, exactly. I can imagine, you know, yeah. you, you realize I'm the one writing the story. Each chapter. Each chapter. Each right. chapter. And some chapters go slow. Some chapters go fast. It just depends on where you are in your current, where you want to go and what, you know, on that line, 
-hmm. where you, you know, what's most important to you, you know? So where are you going next? Do you think? Where am I going next? Well, yeah. I just finished my first half marathon, which is amazing. Dude. Good God. I, I never listen. So <laughs> listen, Linda. <laughs> I love that. So last year when the pandemic started, I lost my gym and my gym was like my Zen. It was my happy sanctuary. place. It was my sanctuary. It was my me time. It was me prioritizing me. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lost it. I was like, what am I going to do? I got to do this here. I had a yoga mat and I had two sets of hand weights that were super light. And I was like super into like really heavy lifting and I was really getting into it. It's like, dang, damn it. And I had just come back from a cruise. So you know what we look like when we just get back from a cruise. <laughs> Homegirl had to do something. Well, so what I did is I put on my running shoes and said, I'm going to run. And I and did. Was not a, I was not a good runner. I, yeah. I hated running. And it, I was looking down summer in South Texas. That's the last sure. thing I want to do is summer in South Texas is go run. But it was like, I felt like it was something I needed to do for me to keep my health going. Right. That, it's all you about get to that get out goal. Of the house. <laughs> and I get to get out of that. That was the other one. I get to get out of the house. And so I started running and I was like, you know what, maybe it might be fun that by the end of the year, I'll do a couple of 5Ks because they were doing them virtually. I could do them in the neighborhood. We have, you know, technology on our side. Uh -huh. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Well, then I had a 5K that I'd signed up to do at the end of November and I was doing the donations. It was for the St. Jude, which I absolutely love. And I'm going to do it again this year. Awesome. Um, and somebody said, I'll donate $500 if you do the 10K. No way. And I went. I know you, you're like, hmm. money talks. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I did it. I signed up for the 10 K and said, well, I signed up now I have to do it. Yeah. And then I set a whole nother fundraising goal and I got there and it was super fun. And I did that. I got done with the 10 K and you know what I said to myself, Let's I could do see. that twice. No way. Like you could now, have just kept going. I could have kept going. It kept going. It so, was that was in an eight month time period from stepping out the door, starting to run. To that was in about an eight month. Yeah. That was about an eight month. You know, what I find in those situations is that I, I could have been a victim of circumstance and said, I don't have a gym. I don't have a way to do the things the way that it's I want hot. to do it. It's too hot. I'd rather be inside or, you know, whatever. And then it was just like, so I put my glasses back on because I can't see you. Um, <laughs> I know getting old is shitty. Um, that's what my Nana always used to say. Uh -huh. She said, don't forget it. Getting old is shitty. Um, but you know, I chose not to be the victim of that circumstance. I yeah. chose to do something that I wanted to do, which was get healthy and sitting at home. It was not going to get me there. Yeah. One goal at a time too. Mm -hmm. One step at a time you know, yeah. create, that's one of the things that I say in my coaching is that we're creating healthy habits, one habit at a time. Yeah. That's it. You're not eating an entire elephant. That's actually what one of my friends said to me when they really were messaging me while I was doing my half marathon. He said, it's an elephant one bite at a time. Yes. I was yes. Like, yeah. You that's know, the truth that, too. that metaphor just goes for so many things. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, yeah. Like I said, you are not only just an amazing person, you know, I love you and mm -hmm. I just think you're beautiful inside and out, but just so inspiring because you're real. 
you're authentic and relatable and you're succeeding like you like you were inspired by that one friend you're like Mm -hmm. oh oh this is actually yeah and so now it's just this is your your new normal yeah I mean this is this is my new normal yeah I live in this place of just being healthy looking like what's the next goal yeah um you know that this is this is why I started coaching well let me go back because I want to tell you this story I remember last August, I was sitting on my back patio. I had just finished a workout and I just had this overwhelming emotion. And I was like, what is this feeling? I don't know what this feeling is. Hmm. And I realized that it was happiness. No shit, girl. And I know it makes me want to cry. Um, I'm glad I have tissues right here. Um, But I got a sleeve. There you go. Oh my gosh, girl. But I just remember it was like, I'm truly happy with myself. Because I had that was a foreign feeling to you that you couldn't identify, right? That was that was the overwhelming piece. Was then I stopped and was like, well, how did I get here? How did I get to here? And how bad really was it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I just started to reflect on my journey and then it was, it just kind of went over like about a week and a half because I, you know, I could have started coaching a long time ago and I was just like, you know what, I'm, I, I don't have time for it. I also don't want to be responsible for someone else's success, which is what I, it looked like to me. Yeah. But at that moment it was, if this is the vehicle, this program that I coach is the vehicle for me to get from where I was to where I am, where I'm feeling that feeling, then uh, I can't not give an opportunity for me to inspire someone else to do the same thing because they may not listen to me when I say, let me connect you with my coach. But if I come out and say, you know, this program I've been doing has changed my life. I'm coaching. And if you want more info, you come to me and oh my gosh, it's just been overwhelmingly amazing. Even some of our Derby sisters have done it with me. I mean, it's like Derby's taken over the world. It's so funny. It's the new joke. Can't get away from it. You you just, you just can't, but that was what's, that was what started it. And now like the people that I'm helping are just absolutely amazing people who that have girlfriends of mine who have never been able to lose weight because of things like thyroid disease Mm -hmm. are now I mean just they're amazing I don't want to share a lot of personal info because I haven't asked them if I could but I mean just seeing the weight loss stories and even transitioning and being able to maintain the weight loss And this is the thing. And this was something I was writing about this morning in my blog. Oh my God, I started a freaking blog. I'm still just in awe that I have done this. I know. That's like <clears throat> in a podcast. I'm like, who, what am I doing? I, I don't know right? what I'm doing, but it's fun. But so I was talking I, about that stuff, you know, like, because dieting is one thing. Losing weight is one thing. Maintaining it's a whole nother animal, you know? So anyway. yeah you know, you didn't start on this journey to, to find this calling. 
because you did, you, you know, you, you were just one little step at a time and this one and that, Mm -hmm. but I am a firm believer that when you step into the direction of something you feel passionately about, it leads, you know, there's an always another step, another step. And next thing, you know, here you are someplace you never thought you'd be doing something that truly the universe was calling you to do. But had somebody said to you five years ago, your calling is to be a health coach. I think for people to trust, sometimes just move in the direction of your passion. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to lead somewhere amazing. And so for you now, you know, you have not only this new life for yourself mm-hmm. and your family, Mm-hmm. You are finding joy and purpose in helping others. And, and then that ripple effect of not only them probably finding healing and health and happiness for themselves, but then that's going to trickle down and then they're going to go on their own passionate journey. And mm-hmm. that's what it's about. And I Paying feel like it forward. Women, yeah. women, especially like, we need to honor ourselves and we need to honor our intuition and our value because Mm -hmm. I believe through that process, that's what changes things in a positive direction. It does because we touch so many people in so many different ways, you know, our gifts are needed. Everybody's are, you know, they are. And you know, if we're not taking care of those, if we're not taking care of those gifts, we're not taking care of our bodies, we're not taking care of our minds, you're not being a good steward of this gift that we have, this life that you have. That's really what it comes down to. And, you know, the in service of others is the most amazing way to do that. But before you start doing that, you've got to have something to serve, right? you know, and if you're not a whole person or at least working to be a whole person, what are you giving away? Right. What are you serving? You know what I'm saying? It just, that's a whole, that's a whole nother discussion. I mean, this is amazing. I think it, you know, again, with women, it is not only been accepted by a lot of societies around the world, but, but more importantly by ourselves that our, our value is in serving others. And now there's, that's not completely wrong, right? Cause we're talking about the service that you're doing now. However, mm-hmm. earlier when you were saying everybody up was above here and you were down there because it would be selfish for you to not feed all these other aspects of your life. But when you made that shift and you're thinking that you deserve to be equal, that is not selfish. That is actually how you are going to actually live your higher purpose and be able to not only serve yourself in a healthy way, but then truly serve the greater whole with your gifts. Because if you can't prioritize yourself that way, you're never even going to realize your full potential or what your gifts are or the ability to share them and inspire and affect the rest of humanity yeah. in that positive way. You know what well, I mean? you're just not giving them, you know, you're not giving them the best. Yeah. A hundred percent of you. 
you know, which is and what we need. It is what we need. And some of us, and I'm guilty of this too, and I'll tell you why, but you know, we spread ourselves really thin because we feel like our value is in how we serve others. And then we forget to take care of ourselves. Am I really taking time for myself? And so something that I've had to work on in the last couple of months, it was just like, so when am I taking care of myself? And then I realized I was taking care of myself truly between the hours of 4 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. before I start taking care of everyone else. Well, what time do you think I went to bed? Midnight. was not it wasn't wasn't early I'll say that you know and then it was like I was finding that I just wasn't getting the rest that I needed and it was like wait you gotta prioritize that rest if you want mm -hmm, if you want to keep doing what you're doing you've got Mm -hmm. to prioritize some things and you've got to set some boundaries I think that's something that boundaries man Boundaries. you said the word I did it. I did it. And not just boundaries for people, boundaries for things. Just kind of wrapping things up. um, You know, I'll have a a link here where people can find you. Um, But why don't you uh, give a tell, tell people verbally where they can find more about your journey, your blog, me, my and journey. Your yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram under sin Dixie, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, we talk about branding. I haven't really changed my full, I'm like, I'm not really sure if I want to change that brand or not. I kind of like, like sin Dixie. It's like, you know, just, the Derby girl never dies. So that's sin true. Dixie and that's sin with two ends, um, you know, double the pleasure, double the fun. Uh, and then also my blog, annoyinghealthyperson.com. That's awesome. And that was one of the things that I loved about this. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm becoming one of these annoying, healthy people. Right. And it just <laughs> stuck. It's like, all I ever want to talk about is how I got healthy, how it changed my life, how it yeah. changed my family's life, how it changed my relationships and friendships. I've even gotten two promotions over the last couple of years because of how much it's just changed my mindset and my confidence. I mean, it hits every single thing and I, and I live out loud. So if you're on my social media, you get to see all of it. So come find me, like me, comment. I am social on social media. So message me, you know? Yeah. Well, I am so excited for you and I am so very happy that you have made these choices one step at a time because you are such an inspiration. I just have to say. Thank you. Yeah. I love this. This was fun. Well, much love to you, my friend. I can't wait to keep up with you on your blog. I've been reading it and I catch your stories on Instagram and we'll we'll chat again soon. I'm sure. Oh, oh, yeah. We will have to check in. And then in June, you're going to bang my hair. I can't wait. Oh, I can't I'm so wait. ready. I haven't had a haircut in over a year. <laughs> oh, you know, it's going to be so fun. Yeah. It's going to oh, be yeah. fun. It's well, going to be fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for being here and I will see you in June. I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out and chatting with Rachel today, AKA Sin Dixie. What an inspiration she is. I hope you found something here that inspired you and that you can take forward with you to serve your life in a positive way. Rachel had the courage to choose her health for herself and her family. And by listening to that calling, she is now healthier, happier, and a blogger 
and a health coach. And like she said, she's paying it forward. If you'd like to connect with Rachel, you can find her on Facebook at Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T dot Rachel. You can find her on Instagram at Sin Dixie, that's S-I-N-N-D-I-X-I-E. And you can check out her website and her blog on www.annoyinghealthyperson.com. If you like what you heard today, share it with your friends. Feel free to leave me feedback, and I look forward to connecting with you another day. Take care, everybody. Much love.